All right, and we're live. All right, yeah. Final evening. Dawn of the final day. Yeah, your trip's coming up. Are you excited? Tomorrow, yeah. Uh, very excited. Excited to, like, finally get it going, getting into it and stop. Get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Not so much over with, but just, like, the build-up to it. Like, yeah, this whole week has been feeling like it's, like, winding down and like, I don't want to like start anything new or do anything big because it's like, I'm just gonna have to stop because I can't take it with me. So it's like, come on, I just want to like get going, man. All these plans I have. Sure. Yeah. This time tomorrow, though, I will. Ugh, I will still be on a the first part of the plane ride. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to be on a plane for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 10 hours, two hour layover and then another eight hours. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. That's a lot. That's all. I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is. I'm pretty much going halfway around the world. Like, yeah, doesn't get much further away. Yep. No, exactly. Yeah, like my plan is wake up tomorrow morning, have some breakfast, edit the podcast, go leave, go to the airport. What time do you have to go to? The, like, what time do you have to leave your place? I'll probably leave my place around 11 a.m. Okay. You're a morning person, so you've already been up for a while at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'll be up yeah. at like 7 or whatever. Um, if anything, I'll have sure. a bit too much time. Um, yeah. And honestly, I'd rather get to the airport tired and then just fall asleep on the plane. But knowing me, I will not be able to sleep on the plane very easily. But sure. That we makes shall sense. see. I'm taking one of those like side of your neck pillow things. Hopefully that'll help me. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to let us, you'll have to give us the review on that. <laughs> See if it yeah. worked out. Hope, maybe I'll get lucky and I'll get like an extra seat beside me and I can try laying down. I don't know. The The plane looked like it was going to be pretty full. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I got a bunch of games loaded onto the Steam Deck. Got a bunch of shows loaded onto my phone. Nice. Got to Gotta kill that time somehow. For sure. Yeah. Great time to catch up on like anything, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that you I've, can carry. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been avoiding TV shows for the last couple of weeks just so I can have stuff to bring. But hey, enough about me. What has your week been? Uh, things have evened out for me. It's been pretty good. Uh, new job so far is fucking incredible compared to what I've been going through. So I'm oh, nice. very, very happy. I'm just still tired a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Things have been good, though. Glad to hear it. Very good. Uh, once again, no John. Um, he's back next week. He's back next week. Okay. I know he was yeah. like on about <laughs> to come back soon. He had said to he's us. He's coming back this weekend at some point. Uh, but as far as I know, everything is set for him and I to do a show next week. So you'll hear from him next week. Nice. Oh, I won't. Yeah. But the, the well, audience will. Yeah. You, you, The royal you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, people should check out John's Twitter as he's tweeting about Newfoundland and the the strange things he's seeing and whatnot. So <laughs> sounds like he's having a good time. Um, but yeah, let's do a show about video games. My last one for a few weeks here. Um, yeah, I got lots to talk about, but uh, this is the top down perspective for September 29th. I'm Sean Booker. I'm Paul Fleck. And Paul, we have both been playing Moonscars. Yes. Yes. Moonscars came out a couple days ago. I played this up at PAX West. It was okay. probably like tied for my most excited game that I played there. Okay. Okay. Sure. What do you think of it sitting down at home now? Pretty much the same, although it's like a lot harder than what I had dealt with before because on the show floor I played from the beginning like it was coming out in less than a month so i'm pretty sure it was probably oh, yeah. the whole game so i just yeah. played like i don't know to like the first or second mirror um oh yeah okay yeah yep. whereas n now at home i've i've definitely played past that i've i've beaten the first boss the traitor whatever his yeah. name is yeah yeah um, chakran yeah something like that something like that yeah and it's way harder uh than i expected it is, it is a pretty like <laughs> punishing game uh seems, sure seems like a lot of people are saying that because i was like looking on the i think it was the subreddit um 
Okay. Just to see like if I was missing something or just kind of like how people were were feeling about it. And everyone was like, this game's too like way too hard. This opening apparently gets a lot easier Mm. after the first area. But a lot of people are like, this first area is just messed up. Sure. Uh, I don't think this game is very memorable. I think it's okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I love the art style and the setting and stuff a lot. Uh, I don't like games that focus purely on parrying uh, as like the real main damage source for maybe that'll change like now in the second area where I have more. What is it in this again? I can't remember it, but you, you, this game's version of souls that you can spend for new abilities Ecor? and stuff like core something like that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So real maybe quick before like, you get too into it, where are you in the game? I'm in the second um, the castle, I guess. OK, so you're like. Like I, I, I'm, I crossed like the bridge and then stopped. Yeah. I'm in that castle okay. that you right. go, that you're going to okay. right now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, we're ostensibly at the same point. Um, I don't know. The combat feels okay. I, I don't think anything about it is necessarily great, but I don't think any of it is bad either. I think it's totally f- serviceable. It, has some fun cool things about it i find it interesting that there's like this uh risk reward mechanic of usually in a souls like type thing you get to a checkpoint and that's kind of like your safe spot and in here it is but you also have to fight like you <laughs> after you yeah do yeah that. anytime you find a new checkpoint yes you like go into it and it always like warps you back to like the home base and it reminds you like doppelgangers coming and it's like oh yeah great so you know you buy your little whatever you need to buy you talk to who you can talk to and then you're like go back then you got to fight yourself and i guess the nice thing about that one is if you die uh like you're you're, just right there you're just like right there so it it almost seems like inconsequential like it's almost more of like a narrative thing i i guess yeah for me, it was more just like an annoyance because I'm not going to t- not take this checkpoint. <laughs> like, I'm not going to not take it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then unfortunately, like, I don't think you get anything for beating them besides your stuff back. Right. Yeah. Uh, you might get maybe you ca- get some Ichor, but you don't get like every time you do it, you're going to get one of the what are the like super currency glands? The glands. Yeah. What you do get is like your heavy attack ability or like a choice of one again. Which is kind of interesting. You, okay, that so you, you get can the chance. You get the chance that. to change it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. It's weird because for a little bit, I thought, is this going to be like roguelite? Because there's a lot of roguelite things of you picking up like perks or whatever. And uh, but no, that's kind of like yes, but those runs are kind of based within your life. So it's like if you took a Souls game. And every time you die, that was one run that you had. In yeah, that yeah. It's almost narrative. it's almost kind of like a momentum based thing where it's like it the is. longer you stay alive, the more powerful your character will become. And then once you die, you go back to whatever your like baseline is, which you can permanently yeah. upgrade. You can find, yes. you know, more max health, more max strength, more max Ikor, which again, Ikor is both your souls and like your magic ability. You can also use it to heal yeah. yourself. Well, okay, there's a couple different things. There's Ikor, the currency. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, sorry, that's not Ikor. That's bone dust. That's bone. You're right, it is bone. It's 100 bone, bone dust. dust. Ikor is your like a bit your Hollow Knight ability to heal. Essentially, it's, it's also your special attack and your spell, your mana. Your, yeah, it's like your mana basically, and you yeah you can convert yeah. it into health. Um, yes, but the right. bone dust is the equivalent of the souls because that's what you will draw yes. and repick back up. Yes, um, yes, that's right. So yeah, it's it, like I said, it's 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 momentum based. The longer you survive, the like the stronger you'll get. But yeah, once you die, yeah. you go back down to whatever your base level is. Um, the one thing that I do find pretty punishing, and I don't quite understand how I trigger it, is the moon phase thing where it turns red. Yes. So um, something happens. I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah, too. something happens that turns the moon. So the, the 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 game is it's dripping in like mystique and and visuals and like moon thematic things. And it's like when the moon looks at you, you blah, blah, blah. Like like they are deep into their lore and whatnot. And it, like it's it's cool. Like, it, like I think the game is very cool to explore and, and, be, and be deep into that. The moon will turn red. 
which makes everyone way stronger. Yeah. Um, and then you it's can pay hunger. You can you pay like the glands to turn it off, but it's not forever. Yeah. Like no. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's triggering it. And it seems like a waste of, and from what I've been seeing on like the subreddit, people are saying, don't pay to do it. Save the glands for like the upgrading, uh, totally. amulets. Yeah. So it's almost like, Hey, if you're finding this game hard, too bad because you sh- you should keep playing it on hard. Otherwise, you're just going to make it harder on yourself in the long run by wasting this p- precious resource and not buying these amulets. Yes, um, I think it's triggered by you dying, which is kind it's of like another this weird punishing. Not to if die. you suck, you suck more. Like, yeah, it's it, weird. It is. It is a hard game. I've under. I understand that the first boss is like a real wall for some people that first boss is okay just straight up uh, like we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of why i even don't like bloodborne most of the time i hate things that will like kill you in two hits just straight up i just hate that shit so much and uh this game suffers from everything is way too strong itis well that's because you're leaving the moon as red if you don't leave the moon as red meaning you waste like if you do the thing you shouldn't do and waste the precious resource to turn the moon back to white, things are pretty yeah. easy to kill. Like some like like this, yeah. the, the regular little walk in dudes, like one hit, <laughs> you can take them out sometimes. Um, but again, you don't want to do that. You want it to be hard. Right. <laughs> uh, I so- did that once by ac- by accident because I was like, what does this do? Yeah. And then like the answer was nothing ostensibly <laughs> like oh it kind of did nothing except that like i guess i can get through this area easier now yeah okay. but then you probably died relatively soon after that and like, it went back to red yeah. and it was like what was yeah just such I'm, a waste i'm yeah. really glad i kind of went to that subreddit and got some like pro tips and, I, and i'll give a pro tip out here this is on game Pass, by the way so people should try this out if they like that's how i played it yeah, yeah. it's it's very metroidvania in in its setup you're you're going back to areas and like breaking down walls so you get more more stuff like that um yeah and yes I, i'm playing on on xbox i'm playing it on uh, game pass cloud but uh pro tip there is a amulet that you should absolutely buy um, it's on the it's from the like vessel, the old man with the beard on the right side of your home base for eight thousand oh, yeah. bone dust. He will sell okay. you a trinket that every time you parry, you get health back. Makes oh, the, that seems good. Makes the first boss like a joke. I went into the first boss, got my ass handed to me and I was like, well, I guess I'll just go back through the entire game that I played up to this point to see if I missed stuff. And yeah, I, I had missed stuff. Sure. Got the 8,000 bone dust, bought that. You heal so much that I was almost like, oh. I don't even care if I get hit. I'm just going to stand here and attempt the parry over and over again. And you, I just oh, sure. I got it enough times where I was just like, this is, I am just, I'm going to destroy you. Like it went from like, this is very difficult to this is not hard whatsoever. So there's your pro tip. Definitely get that. That, that I knew sure. is key and I'm never going to turn that off. Yeah, I mean, I would say that there is a weird, hard, like, once you understand the parrying, this game becomes way easy because they want you to parry. That is, you do more damage with the counterattack. The parry completely negates damage. It slows everything down. Like, it's, they want you to wait, parry, and uh, repeat or whatever. What's kind of nice, too, is that at least it feels this way. When you go into the parry animation, you actually have iframes, so other shit that's attacking you is also just not hitting you out of the thing. Once you start the counter animation, you're in and you will do damage to whatever else is because it's a 2D plot, uh, thing. Yeah. You'll damage whatever else is in the way as well, which is super nice. So yeah. there's some cool like kill rooms that you get trapped in that you parry one dude and you're able to like kill three other guys at the same time. I will say the, the I feel like the combat feels great. I talked about this when I played it at PAX. Like I, I think the combat feels so nice and then you you have to get the parry but once you get the hang of the combat and you're like attacking you know doing charge attacks dodging parrying like once you're in there like it is it feels so nice and fluid and you're you feel like a complete badass um i also got an amulet that every time i dodge i do damage to people that's pretty great too um but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's kind of interesting because it also has like a big mechanic about like knocking enemies back. They really want you yeah, to hit enemies as hard as you can so that they go flying into spike walls and then die immediately. 
There are spike walls everywhere. Absolutely. It's kind everywhere. of hilarious. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's a I think it's a cool looking game. I think it plays pretty nicely. Um, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Cool. Uh, I mean, I played a shitload of Splatoon 3 because we have to talk about that at the end of the month. Okay. So that's all I've been playing is Moonscars. OK, uh, I played a few other things. First off, Beacon Pines. This came out on Game Pass. This is a. I don't know. This is the animal one, right? Yeah, this is okay. the animal one. I'm trying. I'm trying to pick a genre. Like it's pretty much a visual novel, I guess. And you kind of walk around uh, okay. the area. Like it looks for, for visually, it looks like an adventure game, but it there's not really anything besides going up to people and talking to them. Um, okay. Kind of the interesting mechanic is it is literally similar to like a choose your own adventure style, like a goosebumps choose your own adventure, where you will you will come to a crossroads, and they call them a crossroads. And throughout the game, you have picked up like verbs, basically, and, okay. and they want. And so there's a really great narration, like the voice acting is really great from this one woman. And she's kind of telling the story of this character. Um, and you'll come to a crossroads and she'll kind of explain narration wise what's going on. And then you need to fill in the blank with one of the verbs. And you can't just use any verb you've collected. It'll be like, here's the ones that you've collected that are uh, correspond to this section. And that'll okay. cause a branching path. And then you can just end up at a dead end and the character will be like, no, no, like it'll be like kind of Prince of Persia style of wait, that's that is not how that happened. Hang on. And then okay. you need yep. to select go back to the crossroads and put something else. And it'll tell you like which crossroads you have verbs found for. So the way they kind of gate your progression is like you are absolutely going to hit dead ends because you need to get to some dead ends to get verbs that work on different branches of the tree. And it, it's literally a tree they're they're building. So you need to kind of bounce around through it. This game looks super cutesy because everyone's like an anthropomorphized animal and they're all like 12 year olds. Like they're like your kids. Sure. It's like storybook thing. Yep. It gets weirdly dark. Yeah, I this is I could definitely see like I'm looking at some screenshots here. I could see this going into some weird places like you would later. not expect this to get like w this kind of dark. But like it gets. Yeah, there's a few times like for, for example. And this doesn't seem like a lot, but again, this is like a cutesy little like reindeer character I'm playing as. They swear. Oh, weird. That is weird, right? actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there are swears in this. And, and that kind of was like, oh, wow. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But yeah, no, it gets like pretty dark. I pushed a kid. And again, it was yeah. another kid. I pushed him and he fell in okay. some weird goo and his body was ruined. It morphed into a weird <laughs> like horrific creature that and as far as i know he's ruined forever yeah oh okay yep that's pretty great <laughs> yeah, well like i mean not for him no but, but like <laughs> so like it, it was a little startling but anyways i like a good narrative focused game this is on game pass if you'd like a, a good narrative focused game it's called beacon pines uh maybe check it i out. got night in the woods vibes from what i saw of it is that fair uh i don't Maybe know i guess in the same novel? sense of like they're animal people walking around um i'd say like thematically and tone wise not really night in the woods feels more like teen angst kind of stuff going on whereas this is like mm -hmm. not exactly murder mystery but it's like there's like a weird mystery happening in this town right okay um, so yeah i like in terms of kind of how you interact yeah they're they're pretty similar um but like right. tonally i i think they'd be kind of different okay uh i've also played i also played through all of death loop uh i started oh, okay. and finished it it came out on game pass which was like the kick mm -hmm. i needed to like okay i need to restart this because it's been in the back of my head like i need to go back and like finish up death loop and if mm -hmm. you had told me that Deathloop came out last year, I would have been like, no, it didn't. It came out in 2020. But no, it, it came out last year. And yeah, that, it's, it's felt like a long year. It felt like two years. I could have yeah. I would have sworn it came out in 2020. But no, that came out a year ago. And it makes sense because it seems like it has like the the exclusivity of one year. And then Microsoft puts it out on, on Game Pass. So I started it up brand new one. Um, I pretty much turned all of the like difficulty things down. Because I just kind of wanted to like get through it. I also I played with Juliana invading. 
And, okay. you know, I took out a couple Julianas. The minute I got my ass handed to me, I was like, I'm never doing this again. And I switched my game to single player. Okay. There's yeah. no reason to play with Juliana. Like, it just makes it harder. And if you want the... Well, I mean, it's fun. It, if you want the challenge, sure. But as someone who just kind of wants to see the story, and I'm, oh, like, yeah, trying sure. to get something done here, I don't need someone difficult coming in and, and literally hunting me down. I am stressed enough as I'm sneaking through this, like airplane hangar and trying not to be seen by like the 15 dudes in masks here yeah, and yet right. there's someone hunting me no thank you i don't need that i don't i don't need okay. that stress in my life so i turned that off and the nice thing about switching into single player <laughs> mode is i'm now allowed to pause the game oh sure yeah because even if there's no yeah. juliana it's like an online game because juliana could show up at any moment and then they don't let you yeah. pause and sometimes i need to pause the game sure yep yeah so uh, I finished that up. Um, I, I liked it. I, I knew I would like it. I just I, I was trying to look back on like, why? Why? What took me away from this? Why didn't I finish it when it was on PS5? And I think it's because it came out like a week before Tales of Arise. And then I just oh, completely yeah. switched over to that. Yeah, fair. Uh, apart from that, I've been playing a little bit and I can talk about it now because the preview embargo is passed. Overwatch 2, the full version of Overwatch 2. With okay. The, with the battle pass and everything. Which has been getting some like not great press. Um, if people have been following the news headlines, there's a few things involved. Like you need to tie a phone number to it, your account. Oh, really? I didn't see any of this. Yeah, yeah no. So you need to hook up a phone number um, when it goes live. I don't I don't have to like because it's currently still in like a test version. Yeah. But I understand when it goes live on the fourth, I'm going to have to put my phone number in there, which I mean, I don't really care. They're not going to text me. But like, it's also just kind of a weird thing. Like, who? Why you need my phone number? Probably to sell to somebody, right? Well, okay. I was gonna ask if you know why do they need that? I'm I think curious. it's I think it's just a security measure so that they don't. I'm, my I didn't read the article, but from what I understand, okay. and the way the like pop up comes up is it's just a way to like uh, protect your account, and I'm sure it's twofold so they get less people coming in and being like horrific shits. Yeah, I mean. Blizzard has a history of this. There was a while where they, the real ID or whatever, if you played WoW, you had to like connect it with your like real name and uh, I think to your like Facebook or something. But yeah, Blizzard has done this before. It's just seems weirdly specific now. It is also just weird because like no one else asks for my phone number. And right. I don't know. I guess if you're a kid, you have to put like your parents phone number down your home phone number or something well i mean do people still have home phones i can't imagine I, people still have home phones i heard one person say that they do because that's like what they're like their parents call on or whatever which i guess but at some like, point like they could dial your cell phone number too <laughs> yeah i mean like my parents had home phones like longer yeah than i would have assumed i i've never had a home phone myself Right. when i moved out but they have since gotten rid of theirs because they did also realize i have this cell phone right here and like yeah there's no reason to have a home phone so i am kind of curious who still has a home phone and who is tying that home phone to overwatch 2 <laughs> yeah like what part of the like gaming populace has a home phone yeah i mean it doesn't yeah. really, it's not like they're asking for a home phone but i i would be just kind of curious what the like the like what the vet, the percentage is here's like here's like a fun thought experiment over under five percent when this thing goes live do you think we'll we'll tie it to a like a landline oh i would assume under but i guess like i've i've learned to just not be surprised when the answer is way higher than i expect <laughs> for this sort of thing oh uh, we got someone in the chat saying i still have a home phone I have to assume this person is a hundred years old, but I don't know. I mean, maybe there's an advantage. You know what? Or maybe they're saying they have a home phone in the same way that I technically do have a landline just because it came with my internet and I don't have anything plugged into the oh. wall. But if I did, I, I could. Oh, sure. Yeah. Know. Who knows? Weird. Yeah. Um. What was the other thing that people were getting upset about? Oh, uh, it was like new accounts have to unlock the old Overwatch characters still through like the battle pass or something oh okay 
I thought you were going to be like, by paying $60. It's <laughs> just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I feel okay with that, I guess. But I'm a person who owns Overwatch 1, so of course I don't care. Yeah, like I'm trying to think, who who is this actually upsetting? It's someone who didn't play Overwatch 1? Then why are they that upset that they have to work harder in their new game? Clearly they did well, not care they're just enough. spending time instead of like the money that, when that came out. Yeah, so it's a person who's like, <clears> I am <throat> not going to spend $40 on Overwatch or whatever it was when it was discounted. But I am going to play Overwatch 2 because it's free to play but i'm upset that they're not giving me all those characters that i put my foot down and said i am not willing to pay for i'm sure they'll release a like catch-up bundle for 10 bucks or something you can unlock whatever i could see it i don't know maybe i there is they are selling some kind of like like starter pack thing. I don't know how many, I don't know oh, if okay. it gets you any battle pass levels. I'm assuming <laughs> you could also purchase battle pass levels, but some of the characters are pretty far into the battle pass. I think I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, hmm. but anyway, yeah, Hey, it's overwatch. Like I- I'm kind of like right on the fence of like, this seems so much like overwatch. Do I even care? But I also have not played overwatch like that hard in years. So I might be okay going back and playing some of the same Overwatch. What is interesting, though, is that I got Battle.net running up on my Steam Deck today. And I okay. was able to play the test server of Overwatch 2 on my Steam Deck. And mm-hmm. it works great until I die. Then all oh. input stops. And my and I can't move my character. And then eventually okay. the pop-up saying like, hey, you're inactive. We're going to kick you in 10 seconds if you don't start moving. Then I can start moving. And if I don't get out of the spawn point, it kicks me out because even though I'm moving in the spawn point, it still doesn't think I'm moving. And also it won't let me move with the analog stick, but I can jump forward. So if I jump forward enough and get out of the spawn point, then I have full control again until I die. So hmm. it doesn't work great on the Steam Deck at the moment. Um, but it doesn't not work. It doesn't not work. <laughs> yeah, like the, the first like five minutes or if I can just not die, I'm having a great time. So that's like that's the new the new like strat. Um, okay. Yeah. I, know, I was just excited to get it going at all. Uh, that that's cool. Hopefully they'll I'm hopefully they'll adopt it. I'm I feel like everyone uh, is like looking at like we have to make this Steam Deck verified at this point, especially the larger companies that can throw people at that problem. Yeah, like when you're able to just assign a small team to that, why wouldn't you? For sure. Someone in the chat put for us from Kotaku. New players will have to win 50 quick play matches to unlock competitive mode and complete roughly 100 matches to unlock all of Overwatch 1's existing 32 heroes. I mean, here's the thing. In my fervor of when I played Overwatch, 100 matches was nothing. That was like a week of that game, probably. So it's not unreasonable, but I definitely guess i could see i don't know being like a free-to-play player going in and just being like what do you mean i have to play your game to get your game well (laughs) when i compare this to other free-to-play hero shooters or even just like hero games like i think of multiverses i think of apex i have to buy those characters they don't give me the characters and yeah again i think the the caveat here is new players like this is mm-hmm. someone that clearly did not care about Overwatch 1, but now they're Overwatch 2 is probably going to be bigger than Overwatch 1 because of the free to play uh I would assume. point of it. Yep. But so it's like these are people that did not care enough the first time. I can't imagine like if they're that upset this time, then all I would say to them is like, "Well, why didn't you play the first one if you're this passionate about Overwatch?" Oh, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, and you can't buy Overwatch one anymore to unlock them. Hmm. Right. Well, I don't. Okay. They, right. They took it down because the because all of Overwatch one is in t- Overwatch two, right? In it, one. It's kind of. Y- yes. It, so. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so Overwatch two that comes out next week. You think you're going to dive in just to see what the what the new shit is? Yeah, probably dive in for a little bit. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's high on my list, but like I I have I can make time for it for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try. I don't know where I'm going to be on October 4th. 
I, I, I know I'll be <laughs> yeah. in India. I have no idea what my internet situation is going to be like. I'll only have the Steam Deck, so pray you're not on my team because I can't play for like 30 seconds every every time I die. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, that's all I've been playing. Let's do some news. Some interesting stuff happened. Um, and these are pretty much in reverse chronological order. But a- announced this morning, Google is shutting down Stadia for good. Yeah, this took way too long to announce. <laughs> Up to this point, Stadia, they had announced like that they're like not going to do anything with it any- anymore. They're just going to like keep it running. They're not going to bring more stuff. Any- no ongoing. They're not going to push it any further. Now it is done, 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 done. January 18th is your last day to play Stadia. Even if you have like purchased games and stuff, those will not be usable after this. The service is gone. Here's the pretty interesting thing. They're refunding every purchase except for the subscription service. Meaning me who Hmm. bought the like starter pack with the like Google Google Chromecast and the controller. I'm going to get a refund for that. Yeah, sure. Um, I was pretty surprised to hear that. I was not expecting them to do that, but like good on them. Um, one thing, uh, just some some fun context that I was seeing posted on Twitter. This first one came from uh, Jason Schreier. I'll, I'll read his tweet verbatim. I reported this last year at Bloomberg, but the amount of money Google spent to get games on Stadia, <clears throat> sorry, on Stadia is so shocking that I still can hardly believe it. Even after corroborating with multiple sources, Tens of millions of dollars per game for Red Dead 2, Assassin's Creed, etc. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. And the fact that they're doing all the refunds, like they are just willing to throw money like good for I guess it's Google. They have the money. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, And then this was just kind of a fun anecdote. Uh, Someone was posting uh, their favorite Stadia memory and. And it was that time the Terraria dev canceled their Stadia port because they locked him out of his Google account. And so I'll read the tweet that he put out there. I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service. So I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. So just some yep. fun context surrounding Stadio. What that is was a, only a year ago as well. Yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> Stadia memory? Um, I don't have like any. Honestly, I think just kind of the lead up to it and specifically like you talking about getting the like little controller and stuff and just being like, is this actually going to go anywhere? Uh, no, uh, obviously we know now. No, but I don't know. I, I think it's important for companies that can lose hundreds of millions of dollars and not feel it to take chances on stuff like this to push the industry forward and see if now's the right time for something like streaming games through your browser or whatever the fuck they wanted to do so i'm glad that they tried it i guess but it's just i don't know i just like remember on live and other companies that couldn't handle that brunt of money or um yeah i mean like i feel like it was the right step like you they tried like like this is going to happen yeah like it just gets better and better with xbox um Mm -hmm. but just the whole uh, cloud with with their cloud like i use that almost every day on my steam deck in bed like it is great um but just the whole business model of like you can't play the games downloaded. So they're like always in the cloud. So like if you're on a plane, you just don't get your games like it's. Yeah, it's a weird like I don't understand who the person is that's going to choose Stadia as their primary platform. So right. it's like a hard sell at the in the best case scenario. But like. You know, 10 years from now, for all we know, the only games are going to be streaming games like this is going to yeah. happen. It's this is not just because Stadia is gone. This is not going to go away. Right. Similar to Vampire Survivors, which has announced it's going to hit 1.0 on October 20th. Yes. Yep. I thought it hit 1.0 when it like got the price raised, but I guess not. Um, there's also more stuff coming with the 1.0 update, including achievements. So. 
I don't even know what the price raise was all about. Why are those not tied together? But anyways, <laughs> always happy to talk about Vampire Survivors. <clears throat> yeah. You excited for October 20th? Just in time for Halloween? Yeah, it should be cool. Uh, I I really, really do like that game. I just hope that it's... I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't want to, like, necessarily think, overthink it, but... They've been doing a lot of really cool ideas in there, and I kind of just don't know where they're going to go from here, but I guess that's part of the fun. They have like a whole roadmap. Um, it's like all question marks, but they did post a big, long update on um, on the Steam blog, and the... Oh, I guess this was the 1.0 advent calendar starting with October 7th to October 20th, and there's like 10 question marks on this thing. Okay. Uh, so, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. There's, I guess, there's a lot coming. Yeah, that game has got. I remember, when, like, when we started talking about that game, I think there was just like the original roster of like three to five characters or something, one map. Like, yeah, that game has got already gotten ridiculous from there. I, that I'm definitely planning on diving deep uh, on the plane with Vampire Survivors tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, this one, I, I was pretty surprised. Skull and Bones, the game that was, like, reported, it's coming yeah. out. It is coming out before the fiscal year is up because we have to get it out. That was the rumors, right? There was some, like, internal yeah. thing going on where they were just like, it's too much. We need to get this game out at this point. And they did that big, long gameplay presentation during the Ubisoft Forward at the earlier this month. It has been delayed yet again, which I understand is this is the fifth delay for the game. It is yeah. now coming March 9th. It okay. was supposed to come out in November. Yeah. I so this is this is a, a parody unto itself at this point. If we remember for the game of the year show, we have to make the prediction. Is it actually going to make fiscal year of this year? <laughs> like, is, is it going to get delayed again? It is. Yeah, like exactly. Hopefully, yeah, we'll try and remember it. Hope, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I if you had asked me this like a month ago or like even a week ago, I would have said like, no, it's coming out. They have like, they're really pushing it now. Like there's no way. And then yet again, what must yeah, have this... changed? Like from that gameplay demo, like what must have, ch oh, oh my gosh. Like I feel so bad for these devs that are just like trapped under this game that no one wants. Who is, ex yeah. who is the person excited for skull and bones? I mean, I was maybe like stoked to check that out. I don't know, 20 years ago when they talked about it. And like, like, I can't imagine anyone who is like this ex into pirates is not just playing Sea of Thieves. Oh, sure. And yeah. Sea of Thieves puts in new content every like month, it seems like. Yeah, th that thing has a ton of content. They're doing cool crossovers with like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that like who who is this game for yeah i don't know so weird like and even when it does come out like it's going to be compared to sea of thieves because of course it is oh for sure and it's like yeah. they are they have such an uphill battle i don't know man hey in happier news the shatter mm -hmm. remaster which has had the weirdest development cycle not the weirdest that's skull and bones it, it but this has had a <laughs> weird development cycle from being announced to quickly just being a Netflix exclusive mobile game. It's now coming to PC and consoles on November 2nd for 10 bucks. Finally, okay. here we go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Man, that took longer than I, I expected to actually come out. On I, am, I am so excited that it's, it's finally getting free from Netflix um, yeah, I just wanted like a I just wanted a console version of this on my TV with my big speakers and for 10 bucks, they easily could have probably put this out for like $30, but 10 that's a 10 bucks. What games launch at 10 bucks these days? Um, uh, vampires are <laughs> that's true. That's three dollars. Now it's five dollars. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't wait for this. I am absolutely going to play this day one. Speaking of Netflix yeah, games, no, they have announced that they are going to start uh, publishing their own titles or developing their own titles. Um, 
They're mm. building their own game studio in Finland to offer more, quote, world-class original games to its users. It's still early days, and we have much more work to do to deliver a great games experience on Netflix. This just makes sense. They did it with the the television model of we will just license out other people's content. Eventually, we will make our own content. It, that's just kind of how it works. I will say their track record on licensing stuff out has been has been great. I have been thoroughly impressed from when this was first announced, Netflix games, to the stuff that they have partnered with. They're like, I feel like you can't make fun of it anymore. Those those games are just good at this point. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's it, this is definitely an easier said than done. You know, it, it's it, one thing is going out to an established studio and porting their game to mobile, you know, bringing into the breach on there, for example. Uh, making your own is a whole different thing. So we'll see how that goes. And last but not least is E3 is coming back. So they say. Uh, no. Well, as we know, they were going to partner with Reed Pop, which. Yes. As you, if you've gone to a games convention, it's probably been a Reed Pop convention. If you've gone to a convention, it's probably been a Reed Pop convention. Yeah, most likely. Um. This time around, they announced the dates and even the format, so they seem to have a plan in place. It's going to be June 13th to June 16th. Partnered digital events and showcases, I guess kicking off on June 11th, so maybe the press conferences a couple days ahead of time before like the show floor opens. That's typically how E3 worked in the past anyway. Mm-hmm. The big change here is that the 13th to the 15th are going to be business networking days. And then the 15th to the 16th are public days. So this okay. kind of split. This is the exact same model that Gamescom does, which is another read pop convention. Right. Uh, I think it makes sense. Uh, and it does sound like they're. They're trying to work with pretty much anyone who wants to do a games related announcement in the area at the same time. They want to support that. They've come out and said in, in their announcement that um, it'll be free to be a part of it to come under the E3 banner. They're not making it like a pay-in thing, which is completely different than how E3 worked in the past. Typically, companies had to keep buying their booth space back, and a lot of the times, especially as E3 was like slowly dying, there was these big empty booths because the maybe the company didn't have a, a huge lineup, but they didn't want to give up the space that they had paid for because they would lose it next year. It sounds like Reed right. Pop is just like, they are understanding that E3 is no longer in a place of power and more in a place of we need to catch up again and establish ourselves. So we need to kind of take a couple on the knee um, uh, to, to kind of regain that momentum. No word. I haven't seen Jeff Keeley comments on like what Summer Game Fest is going to be or if they're going to partner together. It sounds like Reed Pop would probably want to partner with Jeff Keeley to make one big thing. Um, when I spoke to Jeff Keeley, <laughs> um, <laughs> he did say he's willing to, to chat and see what they're talking about and, and, and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of collaboration going on. Um, but yeah, this will be interesting. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to go. Cool. You want uh, an yeah, E3, you is... want E3 to come back? I mean, I don't give a shit. I don't care about conventions. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just want more. I like the like digital format because I don't want to travel or do any of that. But you still want the live stream. That, that yeah, like I time. still want like maybe like a condensed week or like four days or something. Yeah, the the video like, game Christmas. Sure. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do still think it is exciting when we get a whole bunch of big news all in one week and it's like and one thing it's like today we're going to watch the microsoft one and then tomorrow i'm going to wake up and i'm going to watch ubisoft and ea and yeah there, there is something right. exciting and and forever nostalgic because i grew up doing that so sure yeah um we will see how it goes uh and i hope i yeah. get to i hope i get to go to it i'm gonna try very that's hard a, that's a sunday to friday it looks like which makes sense so yeah uh, let's do some questions. If people would like to send in questions, they can do that by emailing topdownperspective at gmail.com or messaging us on Twitter at TDP Podcast. There's also the Discord channel and John's P.O. Box. 
Kevin writes, how long does a game have to be for it not to be considered short? Not short? Oh, I guess my cutoff is probably anything over eight hours. I was going to say, if you hit eight, I'm not calling the game short anymore. Seven, I'm really considering it. Yeah. But six, I would say, oh, you know, it's just it's like a six hour thing. It's short. Yeah, it's a short game. It's like six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, I feel like is like the is the line. I would do it. Yeah. I eight for me as well. Sukusuku writes, a platformer from the 90s looks almost nothing like alike from a modern platformer aside from the jumping part. With new games comes new ideas, new ways of approaching something. Game changers, as you will. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that game genres change and they have ebb and flow in the zeitgeist. Now, not every genre has survived elegantly. What do you think is a genre that's innovated the least? Uh. It's really hard to innovate, I think, sports games that sports isn't game just tech-based. Yeah. Well, I mean, I so I don't play the sports games. So it's a little hard for me to comment on them. But I feel like each year there's, like, a new feature I hear about. But I, I don't. Yeah. But from, a, from mean, afar, they look like the same thing. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, ever since the SNES or whatever, you played a team that, like, let's say for hockey that went to go score on the opponent's net and sometimes there was a career mode but then like tech wise eventually they had it so one stick literally controls like how you aim the stick and shoot yeah. and stuff it, but like i don't know i guess that's innovative in pushing forward the technology but not you can't really change the game too much either yeah, I mean, maybe partly that is because they have to it is somewhat of a simulation of yes, something else. Yeah. And that thing is not changing. Yeah, like there are I do understand that in sports there are like rule changes, but yeah. they're pretty minor in terms of how you play the sport. Um. Yeah. So so maybe that's kind of part of it. But like because I, 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 I wouldn't really call it a sports game, but like. You know, skateboarding is a sport, but I would yep. call that a different genre of video gaming. And then, yep. like, you know, skate handles a lot differently than Tony Hawk. Right. And even in Tony Hawk, like, those games innovated for a while every iteration. They added some new stuff in it. And yeah. yeah. You could get off the board. Yeah, that's true. That was a pretty big one. Phantom what Age just writes. Like, rhythm games. Rhythm games? I think rhythm games. Well, specifically quite... like rock band games, just like yeah, you know what you're getting into this for. I mean, and at, it's not that at some point it is everything. like a like just the note highway, it's gonna be the, kind of the same thing, and then they'll like add on stuff kind of around the edges. Um yeah. I mean Guitar Hero kind of innovated a bit when they did Guitar Hero Live. That's um, true. But then yeah. again, you know, the instrument physically changed. Um, but they also right. did a different kind of model where it was like music videos that you were playing in time with other people like it was like a channel kind of thing like guitar hero live does not get enough credit for how cool it actually was and it's a shame that you just can't uh play that game anymore it's just closed um yeah it is an fmv game though so it is funny when you see list of fmv games and guitar hero live <clears throat> yeah um but it, but it, like especially for like rock band they all look pretty similar uh, yeah and how that goes Phantom Aegis writes, if you ever participated, what is the most bizarre thing you have won in a raffle? I've never won a raffle I participated in. Never? Okay. I ha I think I have. I don't think I've ever won a raffle where you like buy a ticket. But Oh, yeah. The only thing I can think of is I did win a jar of jelly beans for guessing closest how many jelly beans were in the jar. Okay, I've never won those either, but sure, I'll count that. And actually, now that I think about it, they weren't jelly beans, they were Skittles. Okay. Yep. Um, that's the only thing that came to mind. The jelly beans tasty cousin. Oh, this... I, hold up. Dad writes, are there any 3D PC games from 5 to 20 years ago you'd want to see an RTX Remix mod for? Oh, so wait, so RTX is ray tracing, right? 
Yeah. Just confirm that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got to think of like a really shiny game. Sure. Sonic like, Adventure. Is that the one that has the like liquidy looking one? Yeah, or is that Sonic CD? So. No, that's Sonic CD. Oh, right? that's Sonic CD. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not a PC game, but that, that came to mind. What, wait, which one has Metal Sonic then? Uh, maybe Sonic CD? Sonic CD, okay. And the liquidy one's name is Chaos, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's Adventure, I think, right? That I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm not I think. the Sonic guy. <laughs> I mean, we're going to... We're uh, somebody. Someone. One of them is Sonic CD. Yeah. And heroes. And heroes. Okay. That's not one that came in uh, neither of our minds. Uh, A lot of the games I would say either have got this mod or are being remade. Like System Shock is coming out again. And I'm sure. I don't remember if they specifically said that that remake is going to have ray tracing, but I'm going to guess it's going to have ray tracing in it. Uh, One way or another. One of the first things is Quake 2 and Quake had like mods or whatever to play those games with ray tracing. That was like one of the first ray tracing things that got real big attention a few years ago. So, yeah, I don't know. I liked shooters from back then and shooters seem to be the easiest one to do this with. So a lot of those exist already. I usually don't pick the ray tracing mode because it lowers the frame rate. Um, Yeah. But uh, I don't know, the first Bioshock with all the like water yep. and lighting, that would probably be pretty cool with all the like uh, uh, windows at looking out into the water. Yep. Any horror game as well. For the obvious reasons of a lot of those deal with light or lack thereof. Rasterman 7 writes, what's the happiest you've ever seen someone play a video game? Hmm. I have no idea. This is a weirdly hard question. I think like I don't watch a lot of people play video games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of people play video games. I can't I can't think of it. I don't know me when I was playing Overcooked 2 with my buds. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the def. The answer is definitely me because I guess like I see myself play video game. Every video game I've played, I've seen myself play in one way or another. I don't know with what, though. It's a weirdly hard question. I don't have a great answer for that. VGC Kenny writes, do you think Guitar Hero, Rock Band and other lesser games in the genre could make a comeback if it were in VR and you had to use VR controllers to mimic the instruments instead of needing new plastic controllers uh i don't because i think part of the thing is the tangible object in your hand that you're playing with i agree um and even as someone who who like still plays them regularly like the idea of like switching to the vr version it's like no i want to like drum i want to i want to sit down and get the drums and have everyone together and, and and play it uh yeah, the tang- the tangible part of it. Also, it's like you would get you wouldn't get any of the feedback. Yeah, like so it was brought in chat. You have to compete with Beat Saber. Beat Saber works because it's like a lightsaber cutting through a thing. It's just like air anyways. If I'm playing drums, I want to feel that hit when I hit it. Like sure. that's part of it. Yeah. yeah, that feedback. And also, like, I'm thinking of, like, at some point when you're getting to, like, a high enough level is you're having to do notes pretty quickly. And I don't think the VR would be able to keep up with it, like, the number of strums you're doing. So they would have to, like, simplify it down to the point where it's just more of, like, a mini game in terms of complexity. And I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for, you know, uh, like a challenge sometimes and whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't see it. They did do Rock Band VR. Um, although I think you still used the plastic instrument. That makes sense. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty much just like you watching it in first person and you could like look around kind of. You could, there's a decent half measure thing you could do. I think where if you created a peripheral that attached to your controller, that was like the guitar hero 
world tour like ds thing where it's still buttons but like on one of your controllers now that you could like hold down for a fret button okay sure there's yeah, kind maybe. of a half measure there yeah. well i think the thing with a lot of the newer uh controllers is they have finger tracking but it's usually just for like yeah. the first couple fingers right but like yeah. maybe we'll get there you know once they eventually go to like ready player one gloves. style gloves yeah then like maybe i i guess i have seen like mad geniuses on the internet do weird mods where they ripped apart the controllers and like made their own weird like i don't know just like a mitten and then a bunch of wires just like attached to little things on their fingertips sure. or whatever like yeah. yeah we'll get there for yeah, sure oh, for sure absolutely <laughs> phantom driver writes how much work is too much work for a collectible in a game at what point does the struggle outweigh the prize any specific examples of decent items costumes characters you worked way too hard to get uh, the answer for me is having to play through a game more than t- twice. Specifically, you know how sometimes a game will be like, you can't unlock the true hard difficulty until you play it on the hardest we give you. And then uh, you'll have sure. to play through okay. that again to get like something. Nah, I'm out. Like, let I sh- have I should be able to do it once in one playthrough. I'm trying to think of like, if the prize is concept art, everything has outweighed it okay yeah fair enough um and i say that as someone who likes seeing behind the scenes stuff it, whenever i'm rewarded with concept art i'm just like you should have just tweeted this out <laughs> yeah what's your tumblr address that i can follow yeah um <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to think because i'm not like a big like costume guy i'm trying to think if there was something like in a platformer that had like a cool costume i really cared for i don't know the other thing is like if getting the collectible is fun, like if it's a fun platforming challenge, yeah, then that that can be fine too. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any kind of like rules or typical scenarios where I'm just like I'm not even going to attempt that. Challenge rooms where it's like combat rooms and stuff like that, I usually don't even care to do. Um, sure. Sometimes like races or time attack related stuff, I don't care much to do, but. Uh, if it's like kind of like a unique like hey here's a new like platforming challenge like maybe we took away a bunch of like the platforms and now it's harder to do maybe i'll give that a try and i don't even care about what i'm unlocking um because i'm just not like a big cosmetic guy for the most part yeah uh monster hunter has some annoying ones where it's like that collectible is cool but i don't want to do this same hunt 20 times to get a percentage drop thing from it yeah that has some weirdness to it also mmos like i've definitely it's being brought up in chat and for final fantasy 14 specifically but mine was in wow like i definitely have some titles that are or were just stupidly hard to get and involved nine to 24 other people depending on what the raid was all working in tandem for hours like yeah i mean that makes me think of like burnout paradise where it's like i need seven people here because i'm doing the seven people (laughs) challenges Uh uh-huh and it's like i need everyone to jump over everyone else at this on the beach like come on while one person is just fucking around in the lower third of the map and it's like what what are you doing come on like why'd you join this game but i don't know at the end of the day uh, i was just doing everything in that game so yeah like i think if you're having fun then it's not that the work is uh too much for the collectible or outweighs it right because it wasn't work it was fun and you got to think for yeah. it yeah. um but like for you you played that rock band like the endless set list or whatever like right and that's for achievement so that's not even for a collectible in game correct and i mean even if it was for an collectible in game it's not like i could show that off to anyone because at the time right. like rock band 2 that i don't think there was online for that one um, right but keep in mind, that was also a scenario where it's like, I'm going to bring over two friends and we're going to stay up all night eating like yeah. chicken nuggets and shit, trying to do this stupid ass achievement. And like that's in itself <laughs> like it was a fun thing to that's do. That's the col- the collectible were the friends you made along the way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Uh, Hebrew Lantern with the last question. Gamers literally only want one thing and it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> what is that one thing? Uh, double jump. I was going to say double jump. 
I was absolutely <laughs> going to say a double jump, which by, uh, which reminds me, Death Loop, you, you start with a double jump. <laughs> Anytime you can jump in a game and you can't jump again while you're in midair, feels a little worse than every other game where you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're like if Moonscars had a double jump, forget about Way it. Way better. I'd be playing it right now. Yeah. We wouldn't even be doing this podcast. We'd be playing Moonscars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for questions. If people want to send in questions for next week's show, again, topdownrespective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. Paul, is your game of the week Moonscars? Uh, yeah, it's it was fine. Sure. Uh, I'm going to give it to Moonscars myself as well. Okay. Um, cool. If you haven't checked out the uh, Tiny Can episode of TDP Plus on our Patreon, you should definitely go do that. Um, otherwise, that's all we got for you. I will see you all in a few weeks. Yeah, you know, have wa- fun in India. Yeah, watch my socials if you want to see cool pictures of the of the other side of the world. Will do. See you guys all later. Right. We'll see everybody else next week. I'll see everybody next week.